And we literally just buried my dad. And my phone rings it's my office in Los Angeles. And we were served a notice while I'm at physically the funeral of my father in Germany. And now we're losing the house. So I fell on my knees, Linda. I raised my fist. I I, I yelled at God. I mean, what else am I going to do? And I said, you know, if you have a plan, this would be this would be a really good 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 time to fill me in. And then I did something what I think we all need to learn how to do, and it is I just surrendered because at that point I had done everything, and then I became the world leader in my industry in eighteen months after my worst moment of my life, and that's how we attracted a Bill Gates company. And they paid me millions. Welcome to Linda's Corner, where we bring more hope, healing, and happiness to the world. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about helping women transition from overwhelmed to awesome. I'm delighted to welcome Beata Shillette. Beata is a growth architect, trainer, coach, speaker, podcast host, global thought leader, entrepreneur, and the author of Happy Woman, Happy World. You can reach Beata at her website, airtightavatar.com or beatashillette.com. And I'll include the links in the show notes. Welcome, Beata. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you so much for having me, Linda. And let's add the women's code because I do specifically for women have a, a website called thewomenscode.com. So maybe uh, we'll, we'll customize a little bit more to your audience today and dive into some of the things that are probably the most important to them is like, how do we manage this crazy state of overwhelm right now? Yes, because that is such a common feeling for everyone. And I think for women in particular, because we have a tendency to try to carry the world on our shoulders. We're trying to take care of maybe our family, our relationships, our career, all of these things. And we feel like if I can't do it all, then I must be a failure. So I would love if you would be willing, can we start with your story of feeling overwhelmed um, as a single mom and then becoming awesome? Well, you probably were awesome all along, but recognizing (laughs) that and being able to sell to Bill Gates for millions. So, yeah. So I think that the story probably is not unlike many of your listeners is you, you set out and you think that, you know, everything is going to go hunky door. It's going to be a nice straight line. And Yes, you know, sure, people tell you it's not always going to be sunshine, but you know, what do we know? And then suddenly the hits keep coming. And so the story is I am originally from Germany, Linda, and I felt that I wanted to be in the creative arts, but Germany kind of was pushing me more toward other things. And so I realized early on that the the expression of self really was something that nobody could help me that I had to, I had to pursue what I wanted and what I believed in versus what was available to me. And I think a lot of times that's what happens to women is that we don't learn early enough or we are not being taught that we have choices, but that life is kind of a reactionary thing, right? So we are, we're doing this. And then from there, what are our options available to us. And then we pick an option instead of creating the thing that we want to pursue with a passion. And so we we follow these options. And out of the options we have, we pick this option over that option, and then this option over that option. But they are not really passion choices. And then suddenly we find ourselves, like I did, $135,000 in debt. I was a 
divorced. I was an immigrant in a country that wasn't my own. I had been betrayed. I had massive disasters and catastrophes overcome. I had, you know, my daughter had a near fatal asthma attack when she was three years old. I had to overcome a lawsuit. I lost uh, half of my business, you know, in this lawsuit, basically due to a bad vendor who got too close to my key employee. And then they came up with a plan to run a business, with, which was my business without me. Then, you know, I lost one of my my key photographers in a tsunami. I mean, stuff that doesn't really even happen to people. And the hits just kept coming and they were not small hits, they were big hits. And uh, September 11th wiped out the remaining half million in my business. And next thing I know, I'm standing there, I'm going like, I don't even know what the heck I'm going to be doing. But I had a great idea. And now I'm, you know, spending money to get back into into business, but I have to borrow money to pay interest on borrowed money. And so as I'm standing there, I'm going, man, this isn't going to work. I'm I'm deep in debt. I, I have a great product. People love it, but I'm just not making money fast enough to offset my expenses. I flew to Germany, Linda. I met with my dad, um, drumming up some business, taking some business trips, and my father has a stroke. My father did not have a stroke. My father had pancreatic cancer and he died six weeks later. And so now I'm at this funeral in Germany in Nether Bavaria in this picturesque, you know, town overlooking the valley with this Baroque church behind me. And we literally just buried my dad and my phone rings. You know, a friend of mine said to me, that should teach you a lesson on when to turn your phone off. <laughs> <laughs> and my phone rings like literally after I put my dad in the grave and it's my office in Los Angeles and we were served a notice while I'm at physically the funeral of my father in Germany and now we're losing the house so I fell on my knees Linda I raised my fist I I, I yelled at God I mean what else am I going to do and I said you know if you have a plan this would be this would be a really good 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 time to fill me in and then I did something what I think we all need to learn how to do. And it is, I just surrendered because at that point I had done everything. I had written the business plan. I had fought as hard as I could. I went as far as I could go. I mean, I had no more money to borrow. I mean, there was nothing, you know, this, this ship was sinking and I get a letter from the white house when I come back. Yes. The white house. And in the letter, it says the president of the United States sends you his very best wishes. <laughs> now, of course, the president never saw my letter, Linda. Impossible, right? But it put me in touch with a small business administration. And so I got my meeting with a second in command. I walked in with my business plan. And now they said, we're going to help you to find a bank that's going to restructure your debt, which they did that freed up my line of credit, that brought me to break even three months later. This is how close it was, Linda. It was between bankruptcy and break even three months. And then I became the world leader in my industry in 18 months after my worst moment of my life. And that's how we attracted a Bill Gates company that wanted to know how we do it. And I said, you want it? You need to pay for it. And then they said, fine. And they paid me millions. Wow. 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 Okay. To go from that kind of a dip to that kind of success in that short of amount of time is unheard of. That is incredible. So 
what what made the difference? How, how do we, we definitely need to talk about this women's code thing? Yeah, so I realized I, I realized a couple of things. So number one, I realized that it's not always going to be like this. So I, when my daughter had this near fatal asthma attack for about three years, I was I was just panicked and freaked out and so occupied with dealing with her breathing and her asthma. And then one day she just grew out of it. I mean, just like that. I'm going like, seriously? So I'm spending all this time, energy and 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 freaking out over something and then it's just gone. And then I thought about this um, later on, as I had, after I sold my companies, like, what am I going to, what am I going to share with other women on how to get from overwhelmed to awesome? Like, what, what was it that I did? And and so there's a couple of things I did. So number one, I understood what this concept was that I created and trademarked called egorhythm. And egorhythm says that there is, that we have our own rhythm. And just like, you know, you, the, the, there are seasons, there's waves, there's, you can see it in nature, you know, nothing is a flat line, everything is a wave. So I said, well, what if we had our own personal rhythm? And so I created the concept of ecorhythm, there's nine of them, which I talk about in my book, Happy Woman, Happy World. And showing women that this this dread of that where we are right now, that we doomed to live like this forever is not true that people like us to think that way because then we are frantic and we are helpless and we are victim. But if I would tell you, and I am going to tell your listeners this today, Linda, is that no matter where you are right now, I can promise you it's not always going to be like this. This is just a rhythm. And after this rhythm, there's going to be another rhythm. Then the next question comes. And the question is, now, if I know that there are rhythms like a tragedy, a transition, a mother ego rhythm, then can I initiate the rhythm that I want to be in? What about if I want to be in love? Can I initiate a love rhythm? Yes, you can. But you have to get very clear about that if you want to manifest that in your life, you're going to have to, you, you actually going to have to create that. You have to, you, you have to go dating. You have to get yourself uh, put together the way you want to show up. You have to become the person that you need to be to attract that kind of person who wants to be with that person, right? So you can't say, I want a sexy hot man who is 6'4 with a six pack and you weigh 250 pounds. That's probably not realistic. So you want to then go and say, well, who do I want to attract into my life and who do I need to be for that to happen? And then you just become that. So you you just stop all this making excuses about things. That's how you initiate these ego rhythms. So I learned, the other thing I learned is like, I will not drown in a puddle. And what I mean by that is that it is so easy to get caught up in the little things. I was living when I first came to Los Angeles with a roommate and her car wouldn't start one day, Linda. And then she would walk in the house. After our car didn't start, she couldn't get to work. She says, that's it. I'm going to kill myself. And, and, because and I looked at my, my point, right? So don't drown in a puddle. Like don't throw in the towel because your car doesn't start. You have to get a thick skin and understand that that's just life. It's not a conspiracy. It's just your car just doesn't, he's not starting. So you just go fix it. Right. 
and the money will show up because the money always shows up when you when you need it somehow magically, right? So I find that we we make we give a lot of things a lot of meaning. And when we detach what it actually means, it's just looking at it and saying, I it's interesting, I'm curious about this. What is the opportunity in here? There's always a lesson in something. And that's how we get from overwhelmed to awesome is by by putting ourselves in charge of our lives versus constantly running after it. Putting ourselves in charge of our lives instead of running after it. So we are creating it and not just chasing it. I loved all the different aspects that you talked about, these these rhythms that we have and starting our own rhythm. That sounds fascinating because the first rhythms that you mentioned were tragedy, horrible things, where to me, I'm thinking, okay, so does rhythm mean that this too shall pass where I have to go through something horrible and then I have to ride this wave? And then you also talked about the rhythm of having a romance, having a relationship, having the success in business, having these things put together. So I guess I probably need a little bit more of a definition of what we mean by the rhythm. I love when you talked about how if I want something, I need to become worthy of that thing. For example, the the dating example that you gave, where if I'm hoping for this level of a person, I need to be at that level and not just whine, moan, and complain that I can't get what I want. I love that. We we use that statement of if you want a 10, be a 10. So (laughs) we we work on becoming someone that that type of person is going to be attracted to. So I I love that. I love that 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 puts me more in control of what happens to me. So I'm not just this, you know, paper bag floating in the wind. I have some control, but I also have some accountability and responsibility for who and what I am and what kind of responses that I'm getting. And that's, you know, that's always a hard pill to swallow. It's easier to just say you're a victim, don't you think? Oh, I think you you absolutely nailed it. What you were talking about just now, Linda, I think is one of the most important things to understand in mindset. And this conversation has had has been had so many times with the uh, the secret and the manifestation. So the law of attraction is just a part of of the laws, the universal laws that are out there. And I want I want everybody to just imagine that there is wishful thinking. And then there is setting a goal and putting events into motion to actually achieving the goal. That's actually the manifestation. The the saying, I want to have a successful business. I want to have a successful relationship. Now, if you want to have a successful relationship and your parents didn't have one, you have no criteria to base this on because your parents sucked at it like mine. What do I know about relationships? My friend Kelly knows about relationships. Her parents were together for 60 years. She's now together with her husband for 35 years. And, you know, her daughter got married. And I I, I dare to make a, a assumption here that this is going to be another one of those where you go like, how do you people do this? Well, that's because they have an example and they are very specific about what they choose because they know what the formula is because they've seen the formula and they don't get sidetracked by the shiny things. So staying with this example, 
if I don't know what a good relationship looks like and I don't have role models because my parents were terrible in their relationship, then I'm going to have to learn what a good relationship is. But what then most people do, they say, I cannot find a good man. Well, that's because I cannot attract the man that can give me what I want because I am not the person, as you said, that has created the standard for herself because I don't I don't know what it is. So now, now I shift into the mindset and I say, okay, I understand the concept. Got to be very clear about this, but now I need to take the action. And the action is if I want a man who is kind and generous and loving, can express his emotions, kicks butt in his job, is a good provider, whatever these criteria might be, then who is this person attracted to? It's not going to be a whining complainer. It's not going to be somebody who doesn't take care of herself. It's not somebody who constantly, you know, who who is in a job that they hate and then they come home and they want to sit on the couch and watch five hours of TV. That man is not attracted to a person like that. So what is this man attracted to? This man is attracted, you know, and, and this might be in some sort of scenario, somebody who takes care of herself, somebody who's in a good mindset, somebody who's active, somebody who gets stuff done, somebody who's passionate about this loving yourself and, you know, and, and wanting to wanting to be part of, of that and is and understands that there's a give and take. Now, that's what a man like that is attracted to. If you're not that person and just ask your friends, they'll tell you, then what do you need to do to become this person? Do you need to go to Tony Robbins? Do you need to go to you, Linda? Do they need to come to me? Do they need to come go to somebody else? Do they need to go to a high performance coach? Do they need to go in a couples therapy? There's so much out there. You can read books until the cows come home. Learn, learn and learn what this person does, thinks, and how this person acts to get what you want. That is the secret, really. Wow. It is to become a different person, a better person. Mm -hmm. It is not just wishful thinking. It is not just putting an idea out there. It is, what do I want and who am I? And I, I love that. I love the idea, as you mentioned, we start wherever our home base is, what we were taught by our role models, our, our parents, our teachers, our neighbors, our community, that's our baseline. But it doesn't have to be the finish line. We can easily default to that mode and just say, well, you know, I can't find a good man and blame it on whoever. But I love that you said, we can learn. We can learn, we can learn, we can learn. And that means we need some more exposure, some more role models, some more ideas about what is a good person like and, and how, how do you do that and how do you see that? And I love that you mentioned several different resources. And it's interesting that we don't all resonate with the same audience. There might be someone who says, you know, Linda, I think the way you speak just does not work for me. But when I talk to Beata, it just, just works or, or vice versa or this person or that person. So I love that we have lots of people that are options that we can say, you know, if this message did not resonate with me, that doesn't mean I'm hopeless. It means I need to find another so message. Powerful. So powerful. And that, that was re really powerful. And I, I think that that's a really important message to say. And uh, I mean, if we just take, you know, pull the curtain a little bit for your listeners. So my, my brand is a 
more of a tough love, straight shooter kind of brand. Your brand is a lot softer than mine because you have more compassion and empathy. That doesn't mean that I don't have compassion and empathy, but my focus is on what are you going to do? Like, how are we going to step into action? So you also have to look at this from the perspective of not judging and either saying like, Linda is too soft, Beata is too hard, but to say, huh, let me think about this here for a second and resonate and go into resonance and say, what vibrates with me better? So I can see where where somebody like you comes in and somebody like Beata comes in so that that it becomes clear is at what point is what important. And I'm I'm, going to share something very, very personal. So I've been working with a high performance coach for probably the last three years and very much specifically because I I found a wonderful man and I really do not want to blow this. I, I want this to be the relationship. And I realized that given the experience that I have, I'm, I'm a runner or at least I used to be a runner. So every time something would happen, I'd leave. And that's why I couldn't give up my place for as long as I did is because I needed to be able to get away. And that was a fear response from the abuse that I endured as a child. But I brought that into the relationship. So, but I didn't want to do that. So I, I had to do the work. I mean, I, I blamed my mom plenty, no worries on that. But eventually I'm like, you know, I, I mean, my mother is 88. How, I mean, how long am I going to blame her for, for something that she didn't know that she even did? So I had to forgive her. I had to put myself in charge of this. And so part of this process now that I'm personally in is that she's encouraging me to learn about more the feminine divine, the feminine energy, because I've been in the male energy for so long in the char- heart charging, making things happen, action item, bullet points, to-do list, what are you going to do, responsibility, um, focus, time management. And she says, well, can you shift into the feminine? And I'm like, what do you mean shift into the feminine? <laughs> so so now she, you know, and, I, and I'm looking at this. So I went to the store, true story. And I'm seeing like, you know, women that are wearing these like soft feminine dresses with flowers, which is not something that comes easy to me. And of course, you're wearing a flower dress, right? So <laughs> that that is completely not an option for me. I mean, it wouldn't even ever occur to me. So I go in the store, Linda, I try a couple of flower dresses. I ran away screaming uh, because I... <laughs> because I couldn't see myself in it. So I ended up, I, but I did end up buying a a dress that was not a business dress. That was a softer, but it didn't have love, but it had stripes in it. Okay. So let's all start somewhere here, but just to give you a simple example on what that looks like, because I wanted to make it more practical and say, well, what's it look like turning into the person you want to be? So if I want to be more feminine, and if I want to channel this this feminine divine, now I am feminine and that's not the issue, but stepping or, or knowing what this feminine energy is, that is harder for me, you know, because I spend so much time in the masculine energy. So she says, get a dress that's a feminine dress. And I was challenged with that. So, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, it, 
crazy. I mean, you go like you had what? You had a problem buying a dress? What's wrong with No, you? no, no. It doesn't no, seem I, I'm I'm absolutely on board with this where I can see that this is a hard step. So I guess I would love to know a little bit more to you. What does this feminine energy look like? And what does it feel like? How so that I have a, a starting point for Beata, what does that mean? Because if it means weakness, if it means subservience, if those are the, the words that describe femininity to you, then I don't want anything to do with it, right? So what kinds of positive attributes do femininity have that you can say, oh, well, yeah, I wouldn't mind having some of that. Yes. Uh, so, so, so spot on. And I, I really, I, I really want to commend you and applaud you for this because this is like a live coaching session. So, you know, let's make sure our audience knows just your brilliance and how quickly you shifted into that. So you, you, you recognized um, a challenge and you now helping me to flip it on its head and say, well, if there is a story that I have around femininity and you're absolutely correct, it is a helpless mother that is relying on my father and uh, having to be unbelievably manipulative to get what she wants. So that to me is the symbol of femininity, right? So my mother only wears skirts and dresses, right? So, mm. so that, so that's gotcha. the image. So and, you've got and, a double whammy on that one. Yeah. And all we had was flower tapestry in our house. I mean, there was flowers everywhere. I, I swore with my sister, if we never see another flower dress or flower wallpaper in our lives, we, we can die happy. That's how bad it was. So, but, but, you know, just to, for the purpose of the podcast to really share what that looks like in real life, that's what it looks like in real life. You go now and you say, oh, well, every time you see a flower dress, you think about the horror because you lived up, you literally lived in a house where every floor, even the bathroom had a flower wallpaper. And so it, it, it signals this, this feminine helplessness that turns out into manipulation, of course, this would be something I completely reject. So now in the work that you do and what you just asked me, so now I will go and I say, so what does femininity look like? And so now I look at at um, two women that I, we, we had a dinner at, uh, lately with a, with a bunch of other couples and both of them have these really gorgeous flower flower dresses on. And and there was just something so soft and so feminine and so sexy about them that I, I I I was envious. And I said, you make it look so effortless to be in that in that space. And she says, Well, the most important thing to me is my family and my kids and 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 being here at home and making sure that everything works together. I mean, that was never an option for me. But to allow myself to say, is it possible that the resentment is not just my mother, but the resentment is also that I wasn't able to create this for myself? And so when I see it, it mirrors my inability to choose the right husband because I didn't have the role models, right? So I couldn't create this for myself. So where am I stuck in all of this? So the feminine divine now to me, to answer the question long-windedly though, is, is really an exploration of 
what would that look like if I soften, soften into it? So my daughter is about to give birth, like literally any, any day now. And when I found out that she was pregnant, Linda, I had now with all this help that I had received and continue to get from wonderful people like you, sit down and say, well, what's this look like? Am I going to be the heart charging grandparent? Am I going to be the tough love German to the point? Is that who I want to be for this child? And I don't want to be that. So now I know if I don't want to be that, now the feminine divine comes back in. It's like, well, what's that look like for me? Definitely somebody who is softer, who has patience and who has a lot of love and doesn't always work. And so now I'm creating this person so I can be this person for my granddaughter. I love that. I loved so many aspects. And I loved how you said, what does that look like for me? And it's not that there is a specific role model where now you have to wear dresses all the time with flowers on them, or you have to be (laughs) this, that, or the other, but some of the positive feminine attributes that you mentioned were love, patience, softness, family, that caring. Those are kinds of things that I could embrace. I don't feel that those make me weak. I feel that those make me awesome. And isn't that what we're working toward? Yes. And that brings it really, again, full full circle. The, The journey is a journey to yourself. And the journey is, you know, that's what I describe in the book, Happy Woman, Happy World, is that there's so many facets of it, but it all starts with the same thing. What is it that you want? And even if and when you determine what you want, you are allowed and permitted to change that if it does not suit you any longer. Yay! Because you're talking about making a major change. You have a thought process that this is what femininity looks like. Ooh, it's weakness, it's gross. And to get your way, you got to be manipulative. And I don't want anything to do with any part of that. So I'm going to try to tweak this definition into something that I can work with. And maybe my first attempt at change is not feel good either. I mean, my first, first thought of what it was that, that I didn't want that at all. So I'm going to, it's kind of like a, when you're, when you're trying to open the safe and you turn a little bit this way and you turn a little bit that way until, until it unlocks and it opens and it feels good. And that helps take some of the pressure off because I'm trying to change some basic, basic beliefs and that's hard. So if I can be patient with myself and say, you know what, it is okay that I don't get it right on the first try. Ooh, that just feels so much. I, I feel so relieved. Like I can, I can do this then. Yes. So just to stay with the example. So I met, I met uh, Paula again. And I said, and the next time I met Paula, she's wearing another beautiful flower dress. I walked up to her and I said, Paula, I have a confession to make. I said, I saw you in this dress. Admittedly, I was a little envious because you looked absolutely stunning. And so I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to look into dresses. Now I don't have a single flower dress. I said, so I, I went, I said, and it, let's just say it was a disaster. I said, I, 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 I looked, I looked like a, like a flower girl gone wrong. And she's just, she's just cracking up. And she says, okay, let me give you some tips here. 
You have to make sure it's cinched at the waist. And now she's giving me practical tips, which I know what to do with, right? It's practical, it's it's defined, it's clear. And so, and with that in hand, I went and I did get that the dress in stripes, not flowers, but hey, you know, we all start <laughs> somewhere. And sure enough, it is cinched in the waist. So it sometimes it just takes a village. And all we're talking about here is a dress because I'm exploring the feminine divine. And so whatever your listeners are here to explore, I, I wanted to make it personal and give a personal example. And uh, that may, may for some women that are listening to you go like, oh my God, this woman has issues. But but I think it's a relatable example because it is so simple and so silly in a way, but so basic that you can say somebody has a problem with that. Yes. Now imagine all the other things that we have issues with that we judge because of the story we have, the judgment we have attached to that story and our fear to fall into a behavior pattern that somebody has modeled for us that was healthy, not healthy for us or, or, or unsafe. And even though we gave a shared an example that was specific and might to some people feel silly, the meaning attached with that simple thing was actually very big. And sometimes when we're triggered with those things, and, and maybe we can recognize, it seems like my response is a little bigger than, than, the, than the issue at hand. That's a very good indicator that we have some internal healing to do. We need to look at ourselves and, and become a little bit more aware of why. Why does this bother me? What does it mean to me? And then as we start to ask ourselves some questions, then we realize this is not a silly issue at all. This is just a manifestation of something that's going on inside that needs to be addressed. And I think it's beautiful when you're able to find something and to be able to heal that aspect of yourself. Well, Beata, this has been so delightful. Is there anything else you want to just make sure that we cover before we close today? I think that we really covered um, something that is, I think, the most important thing is the, you know, empowering your audience, Linda, really to step into this one thought. And that's the most important thought. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to become? What are the steps to get there on whether you now go and buy flower dresses or not is entirely up to you. But this is the cadence or, or or the path there is all the same. And while we're at it, I really want to encourage all of you listening. Please go where you pick up Linda's podcast and give her a five-star review along with a little comment of something you've taken away from this particular episode. And please share this with one other person who needs to hear what we were talking about today, because there's so many of us that are so stressed out and so overwhelmed that it needs a podcast like this to get a hopeful spiritual message of overcoming and becoming to so many others. Oh, thank you, Beata. I appreciate that. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Beata Shillette. She said, resilience is the audacity to never give up. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. Please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. And if you'd like to heal your life from the inside out, there is a free video series at HopeForHealingFoundation.org. Just click on the free stuff tab. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed, A Journey Through Depression, 
And you got this, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner. 